The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Uh, how not to make a musical. Uh, Fionn Sheen, Ireland editor with the Irish Independent, joins me now. Fionn, good morning. Good morning, Pat. So, um, what are we going to have today? Because we got the Grant Thornton report yesterday, 71 pages. Did you read? Conveniently, uh, one it, day it in, arrived one day in advance uh, the day before the Oireachtas Committee. And, and hence, oh, look, we're naming all sorts of people who are no longer in the organisation. We can now blame them for everything, uh, which seems to be a pattern developing uh, within RT. So we now have the names basically attached to a previously anonymised uh, report. So it, it basically... Uh, tells us of different individuals' involvement, who attended what meeting, who said what, and who is now blaming who. And basically what you have is a uh, the board uh, of RTE of that time, uh, half a dozen of whom are still in place now, uh, basically saying that uh, they either did, didn't, or might have signed off on Toy Show the Musical, depending upon whose interpretation uh, you, of signing you, you take yeah. of it. So... Everybody has agreed there was not in a formal official signing off on a sheet of paper agenda item put to a vote that said we approve of Toy Show the Musical. However, there is is very firm evidence uh, in there that there was a significant amount of deliberation on this matter, mm. briefing and so on. Some board members are contesting that. They're saying this was a fait accompli. Uh, the chair uh, of the board of the time, Moya Doherty, points out this came before the board people had ample opportunity to ask questions, yeah. to object, to say they were against it, and nobody did. Now, uh, I don't know how changed or different things would uh, be now compared to when I was on the board all those years ago, but I can't really recall a vote. Yeah. Do you know, there was always mm. an attempt by the chair and the DG together in concert to allay everyone's fears and you ended up with a consensus. Yeah, and this is... This and no vote, you know, they didn't have to do a head count ever. Moya Doherty's argument is is that there was consensus here amongst the members uh, of, of the board. Uh, some members of the board disagree strongly with that. Uh, for example, uh, Robert Short, Ian Kyo, who were both formerly on the board, and O'Leary, who was the chair of the Audit and Risk Committee, uh, point to a lack of uh, documentation. But then you have Dara Hickey, who is also a member of the board, who says, look, this this did come up. There wasn't ample risk analysis, but everybody was in favour of it. And there was mm. there was a feeling that it would go quite well and that even if it did slightly worse than was envisaged, it would still be a success in the long run. And this was the route the board wanted to go now, down. Now, 71 pages, I didn't have time to go through it all. I have it, uh, the printed copy in front of me. So we asked uh, chat... GPT to summarise the report for us in a thousand words. Not particularly helpful because really um, what you want here are the quotes which you have reproduced in your paper and I think they're quite telling. Uh, Rory Coveney, former RT Director of Strategy, we were locked in at that stage reputationally every other way. The costs were largely committed. We were up and running. I think it wouldn't have been tenable to have pulled it. That's one quote. Uh, Adrian Lynch, RT uh, Deputy Director General, I would have been assured by the fact that there were people who were experts in this area who came from very diverse backgrounds who had decades of experience really leading fantastic projects like this. That's what he said. Um, the board was not asked to approve, says Robert Short. Um, there was therefore no consensus as one had not been sought, he says. Uh, and David Harvey, the issue was this when it was brought up, as I say at the outset, presented absolutely as a done deal. 
Yeah, so by, by the time the board uh, were brought on board, uh, things were, were advancing quite substantially. There is a significant meeting at the end of March of 2022, and this would effectively have been the last chance to, to pull the plug. And this is a meeting between uh, a half dozen board members, two of whom were audit- on the Audit and Risk Committee, which is the financial watchdog uh, of, of RTE, uh, members of the executive management team and also external consultants to discuss this uh, project. Now, some people at that meeting were learning about it for the first time and so on. The the vibe coming back from that is that everybody at it was very positive uh, about what was, what was presented uh, to them, what they were being told about it. And this was taken by RT management as this is the green light. So the following couple of weeks, they signed the contract with the convention centre. Now, what date was this meeting? So that that meeting was the the 28th of March. 28th of March. Yeah. So So that was the green light. That was effectively interpreted by RTE management as that's the green light. We're we're good to go uh, here with this. People who were at the meeting from the board side are disputing that, saying, "Well, listen, this was just a high level briefing. We weren't, we weren't. Again, we weren't. There was no vote. There was no proposal put to us. Uh, no agenda item or anything like that." Now, I, I've never produced a musical. I, I don't know what the lead in time is, but I suggest if you were doing a production in the West End, well, number one, you have to know the theatre is available. Uh, number two, you do your market research to see, you know, what the prospects of this uh, going the distance mm. are. Um, so, did they have that kind of risk analysis? They, they don't seem to have done a thorough risk assessment of this is the amount of our exposure. These are the worst case scenarios. And let's remember we were coming out of COVID at the time. So they do mention, it, you know, the, the hindsight look back yeah. is that, uh, oh, accommodation in Dublin, very expensive. Mm. That would deter people from booking tickets. Oh, the pandemic hasn't entirely gone away, you know. Yeah, um, this was also a new venture. They were entering into a market that is is pretty well established as well in terms of the the, the Christmas uh, panto season. But the general view seems to be that the late late toy show is such a national phenomenon that we can't go wrong here by putting on a a show that is is linked to that uh, brand. And that this will be a theatrical experience, bringing in people who don't normally go to theatre and therefore everything will go fine. Now, there was a, a, a warning flag raised quite early uh, by a, a Julian Erskine. And Julian Erskine is, is a long-term producer of Riverdance, yeah. going back 30-odd years. And he was brought in, presumably uh, because Moya Doherty was, was also consulted uh, on the development uh, of, of this show. And he pointed out very early on, he says, this was repeated back to me, uh, so people did get it, that nine out of ten musical shows don't make their money back. So in other words, yeah. they are flops. And he is also the guy who basically, after the opening few weeks of sales of the tickets, and he saw that they weren't going terribly well, uh, he raised the, the point, well, listen, is, is, there an, is there a chance here that we can pull the plug? Or, 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 mm. or what's the, So he wasn't recommending it. He was just saying, is that an option here? And he was told, no, we're, we're, we're gone too far down the rabbit hole here. Yeah. Um, I, I think Moya Dardy is quoted somewhere saying, you, know, you don't panic at yeah. that uh, far remove she, away she from the dates. She was saying it'd be unprecedented. She was all, her, her point was, listen, this is a show that's associated with Christmas. 
Uh, therefore, as you get closer to Christmas, you're, you're, that's when you, you start measuring your ticket sales. It's not like a Taylor Swift co- concert or something like that, where as soon as they go on, mm-hmm. tickets go on sale, they're all sold out. Yeah. This was going to be a, a run-in to Christmas. Now, there, there is, I suppose, an understandable feeling maybe on the board that none of them really wanted to be the Grinch. Mm. You know, the you know, pulling Christmas, yeah. if you like. Uh, so it went ahead in spite of uh, the worries they must have had. And I can understand when the the, the convention centre is booked and certain costs have been incurred, that that would be a, an absolutely total write-off, whatever you'd have to pay the, comp- uh, the conference centre as compensation and any of the people, the professionals you'd employed. But what is most interesting is that um, the person who's been credited with writing the musical is writing in your paper this morning about what went on in the convention centre really at the end of the day had nothing to do with anything that she presented. Yeah, so there's there's a fascination in, in RTE management at this time uh, with the brand, protect not doing anything that will damage the brand of the late, late toy show. And that's where the focus is at. It's not on the finances or, or the ticket sales, actually on, on the brand. So RT are, are going through this process of we've, we're coming up with an event where we've identified the, the toy show as something we can, we can piggyback on. And then they're into 2022. And it's, it, what, what Lisa is revealing is basically it's at that point she's hired as a, a script writer, so basically the, the 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 plot is at is at a stage such that it's it's too far to turn back, and basically she's brought in. She's told come up with three alternative scripts uh, in in the space of a couple of of weeks. Uh, she then finds that she becomes kind of mired in the RT management style. So that that's deeply disheartening. There are rewrites involved. There are new drafts. There are then there is a new direction in which the, the, the show goes, and ultimately she says, you know, she's she's relieved. And she says that that's that's what happens uh, in her industry. Writers are, are replaced, and she says ultimately what went on the stage. She has no idea who wrote that because she says she didn't. Okay, it's uh, quite extraordinary. I mean, hopefully we'll find out today. Who actually was in charge? I mean, Rory Coveney fell on his sword very quickly when all of this uh, broke about the losses for the toy show. Um, but he would be, I suppose, um, seen as the producer, would he be, in, in, the, in the kind of theatrical sense, over the money and supervising the expenditure and all of that. But there would be, if you like, the creative team yeah, who, who would uh, be either worried or enthused about the actual production that was going to go on stage. Do we know, like, who carried the can? Like, if he's the producer, who's the director, per se? Who's the person who decides uh, what hoops the clowns are going to jump through? There were two senior directors brought in from RTE who were who were across this, and they had extensive experience on the the late late shows that they were on the the artistic uh, side as such. Rory Coveney is is again identified in this support. And he, he said this himself. He was he was the person who effectively was in charge, but he was working directly for the the then Director General, uh, D Forbes, and also you see across this report there there is a lot of involvement uh, from Moya Doherty's uh, perspective in terms of, of of liaising with both on the production side and on the on the board side. There is quite telling quotes from Rory Coveney where he refers to basically how there was conspicuously little interrogation of the financials and the audience numbers. So he's 
basically by saying, whom? Interrogation. Well, by interrogation whom? by other members, by members of the board and by other people on, on the management uh, side. So figures were being come, uh, were, were, were come up with and people were not really quizzing, okay, where are you getting these figures from? What if it doesn't match that, that level of attendance and so on and so forth? The, the figures that were attached to the audience attendance numbers of Toy Show the Musical seemed to, to be very ambitious for the first year. And it was it was basically reaching a point where figures were being presented that were that was suggesting that well the, you know there there shouldn't be a problem here with with reaching break even point and extra numbers of shows and the 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 large uh, sale of of tickets that would be associated with it would mean that it would it would make its its money back so there doesn't seem to have been a a, a sort of a this will make its money back over several years it seemed to be from year one we'll be onto a winner here and that's basically uh, where everything seemed to, to, to go awry from there because not only was it not in year one was it making uh, a loss but it was making a significant loss from the off. So finally what do you expect today Fionn? I mean will, I expect, will we get clarity? Yeah well, you'd expect there will be uh, questions not just to RT management because the people who were involved at the time were, are now gone but there are board members there who were attending these senior briefings particularly Anne O'Leary the chair of the Audit and Risk Committee of RTE, she was on the board, she was attending these meetings, and yet we learned from the, the, the report, it never came on the agenda of the Audit and Risk Committee. Now, Anne O'Leary's claim is that, you know, there was, there was, there was nothing, uh, she was never given any, any information. So on that side, that'll be interesting. On the, the redundancy programme issue, which has uh, also got a significant report attached to it, we expect to hear from the Director of Human Resources, Emer Cusack, who was there at the time, who was aware of the the significant golden handshake uh, given to to Breed O'Keefe, who was the the then chief financial officer, in in, in agreement with with D Forbes, and why and how exactly that that issue uh, played out, and why it was that other members of the management were were not briefed on this issue. So there is a wide variety of yeah. of Can't issues to still go through with all the grandstanding we get from the committee members. Can't it be done in the time they have? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. There's a lot of people there now today. All of the existing board members are there. There's three members uh, of of the management, and you can see from the opening statements that have already been been submitted, there is a, an effort to kind of say these are all mistakes in the past, and we'll now move on. Fionn Chin, Ireland editor of The Independent, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Your chance to win big. News Talk's Cash Machine. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. On News Talk.